0: Welcome to the Secrets of Confident Women podcast, where you'll learn all the best tips, tricks, and practical techniques for building the confidence levels you've always wanted. With inspiring interviews, real-life examples, and game-changing insights, this podcast is for women who know that mastering the skill of confidence is one of the most important things they'll ever
1: do. Hello, and welcome to the Secrets of Confident Women podcast. I'm Anastasia Adams, and together with my amazing business partner, Jodie, we run Rise Women, a business dedicated to making confidence every woman's new normal.
0: And hi, I'm Jodie and Anastasia and I are so excited to bring you this episode because it's one that we have had lots and lots of requests for because it's on a topic that affects so many women. Today, we'll be speaking about imposter syndrome, what it is, how it can show up for you, especially in the workplace and what you can do to manage it when it threatens to derail you. And to start with, I think it's important to be clear about the fact that unfortunately, imposter syndrome does not discriminate. It can affect everyone from the youngest entry-level employee to CEOs of multinational organizations. Imposter syndrome is everywhere and it's almost impossible to find a woman who hasn't at one point or another in her career thought, I'm not quite sure what I'm doing here and I can't believe they haven't figured it out yet that I am a fraud and it's terrible but I've heard those words come out of so many mouths of just amazingly talented, intelligent and experienced women who have more than enough competence but not nearly enough confidence. In fact, if you are experiencing imposter syndrome, then that's totally normal. You're totally normal. Listen, I can't tell you how often I've worked with women who have these thoughts and who are suffering from imposter syndrome and who think it's only them, right? They are buying into these thoughts they keep telling themselves, that they're a fraud and that they don't deserve to be where they are. But remember, as we've discussed in other podcast episodes, these are just thoughts. It doesn't make them the truth just because you're thinking them. And it's up to you to be intentional about changing these thoughts if you want these feelings to stop. So, before we get stuck into this topic, I want to address this issue of competence versus confidence. Comes up a lot, doesn't it? Comes up we a do lot this all the time. All the time. Yeah, absolutely. I have come across so many women in workshops, at presentations, and you know, even in the one-on-one coaching sessions who are literally tormenting themselves with the constant pursuit of gaining more and more competence. More and more courses, more and more of this, more of more books, more of more things. I'm talking about really amazing women who are achieving some incredible things and who still think that they don't know enough or that they aren't skilled enough to deserve the position that they're in. These women continue to accumulate more and more competence in the hope that This will be what will allow them to feel like they're worthy. They think that additional skills or knowledge is what will make the difference. But the sad truth is these women usually have all the competence they need and it's the confidence they are lacking. You see, there are even studies that show that confidence is actually more important than competence when it comes to getting ahead. But unfortunately, these highly competent women are often suffering from a terrible case of imposter syndrome. And it's this lack of self-belief and confidence that is actually stopping them from moving forward and from believing that they deserve every success that they achieve.
1: Yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? It's so true. And, and sadly, it's an issue that we see coming up time and time again honestly, highly capable women who just have no faith in their own skills, their talents or their abilities. Imposter syndrome literally has them professionally paralyzed. But you know what's ironic about this though, and we've talked about this recently, the fact that imposter syndrome usually only strikes highly competent people. You see, the very fact that someone might be experiencing imposter syndrome actually means that They are extremely competent, capable and intelligent because it's usually people with high abilities who tend to doubt themselves more. Mm. Um, We see this all the time. Uh, It's very rare that someone with no abilities will doubt what they can do, right? (laughs) (laughs) That's just the way it works. And we um, recently discovered imposter syndrome's evil twin, which is called the Dunning-Kruger effect. So basically the Dunning-Kruger effect is when people who are not very competent uh, or capable or intelligent think that they're actually much better than they are. Mm. So the reason why they think they're smarter than they are is because they don't actually have the cognitive capacity to recognize their own competency levels. They don't understand that their competency may be limited in some ways. But if they have confidence and a strong sense of self-belief, then it's usually this quality that allows them to speak up in meetings or run team projects and apply for those promotions. And the thing is, we see this competence versus confidence playoff around us all the time, Mm. especially in women, right? I mean, think about it. Whether it's in a professional or a personal environment, the individuals who show more confidence, who put their hands up in meetings and who lead discussions, they're generally the ones who dictate the outcomes and who are admired and listened to more. Um, And the truth is, this matters. It matters because it changes everything. This makes a difference to their career progression, the way they're portrayed in society and just to their lives in general.
0: Exactly. Once you accept that it's probably your confidence and not your competence that's standing in the way of what you want in life, then I promise you that will be the game-changing moment. And it's this acceptance that will allow you to work through all the negative thoughts and limiting beliefs that imposter syndrome creates in your mind. Yeah,
1: exactly. Okay, great. So now that we know what imposter syndrome does to us and why we absolutely must learn to manage it if we want to get ahead at work and in life… Let's move on to three practical techniques that can help you conquer imposter syndrome once and for all. Let's do that. All right. So the first confidence technique to manage imposter syndrome is to be okay with failure. We all know this, right? We've dealt with this so many times in the past. (laughs) Failure is a part of the world just as much as success is, if not more so, actually. Mm. You can't succeed at work in your business or in life without failing a few times first. Uh, And that's just because... It's through failure that we learn and grow and adapt. Uh, And this is why one of the best ways to beat imposter syndrome is to constantly remind yourself that it is okay to fail. Failing in a particular task, getting something wrong at work or making a decision in life that didn't quite work out as you'd hoped does not mean that you have failed. It simply means that things didn't work out quite as you'd hoped and that you might need to reevaluate your plan or rethink your strategy.
0: Absolutely. And I think the best way to do this is to consider instead that the failure has just showed you an exposed weakness or a gap in your plan that needs to be faced, studied or learnt from. Or it could be diverting you or pointing you in a different direction. Perceived failures are a great way to identify issues and pivot you back onto the path that you're meant to be on. And only by doing this... Will you give yourself the best chance of success? And this is actually the best way to ensure that you don't keep repeating the same mistakes over and over again. And as women, and especially within the workplace, we often tend to personalise our mistakes and own them way too much. And you know what? This will always chip away at our confidence bit by bit because we start believing that we don't know as much as we thought we did or that we're not as skilled as we thought we were. And that's when imposter syndrome starts to take over. So to salvage your confidence and avoid the suffering and the self-doubt that comes after a failure, try thinking of it this way. Failures are just a way of identifying that something wasn't quite right. They're a way of recognizing maybe the need to adjust your approach or learn what you needed to learn and then acknowledge this. And then this is the perfect opportunity to get back into action again and give it another shot.
1: Such a great way to reframe failure, isn't it? Yeah, just, like just putting a completely different spin on it. Yeah, totally different perspective. Failure is not a bad thing. that's no. basically what we're saying. It Absol- is not a bad thing. It is a necessary thing.
0: Well, it's going to happen. Yeah, right. Can't so avoid it. Well, <laughs> you may as well have a good positive spin on it. Otherwise, exactly. it really does undermine your confidence. And we yeah. obviously we've experienced that, and we've you know seen that so many times with clients. Yeah. It's about learning from the mistakes and accept that all people make them. Choose a different path, you know, create a new strategy, pivot if you have to, do some more research, just do whatever it takes to absorb the lesson and then move on. Remember that you are not the first person to make a mistake and I'll tell your girlfriend, you definitely will not be the last. So don't let your perceived failures, and I use that word, perceived, (laughs) your perceived failures derail you when you are working towards a goal. Exactly,
1: exactly. I mean, we've discussed this so many times throughout our podcast and pretty much in everything that we do. Confidence comes from your belief in yourself, Mm. in your skills and your abilities. But the longer that you dwell in this space of failure, the easier it is for imposter syndrome to start controlling your thoughts, um, which then leads to these thoughts dictating your choices. So if you really want to manage your imposter syndrome and move past it so that you can get what you want in life and at work, then you can't give it the chance or the time to do this. You just need to accept once and for all that it really is okay to fail. (laughs) Just learn the lesson, grow from it and move on. Remember, this actually came up in our recent interview with Rose Oakley, um, who literally like overhauled her life, right? Mm. She left her home, she left her family, she moved to a different country, started a new job. And then like four weeks in found herself on the verge of being fired Mm. because she felt like she'd failed at it. And she said that at the time the idea that she'd failed was terrible but in hindsight it was possibly the best thing that could have happened to her.
0: Oh my God, there's always hindsight.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I know. It's beautiful, right? Um, And in this case she took charge. She resigned from her job before she had the chance to be fired And was determined to make it all work and eventually this failure, this perceived failure is what led to her finding her dream job. Absolutely. So you see, it's not about the failure itself at all. Um, Failures will happen, they'll come and go. It's about how you perceive it and then what you decide to do about it. That's what will make the difference.
0: Yeah, and that's why the perceived part is so important because it's up to us, going back to our thoughts, it's up to us to manage that and look at – what is what this outcome was? If you look at it as, oh my god, I'm a failure, I don't know this, I'm hopeless, da, 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 you let your brain go into meltdown, yeah then what hope have you got of moving forward positively? Well, out, the, of, that, out of that, the next
1: step you take is in that space, right? Yeah. And, and you, you're not going to get anywhere positive. Well, it undermines your, your
0: confidence. So then you take the confidence or the undermined confidence or the low confidence. Into the next load of decision making, and yep. that's never a good thing. No, never a good thing. Okay. okay, so on to the second confidence technique to combat imposter syndrome, which is to harness the power of your thoughts and words. Love what it. What we we're just talking about. Yep. And this is something, you know, we talk about all the time that the words we say to ourselves and the thoughts we think are entirely, entirely. Entirely,
1: <laughs> in case entirely you missed it the first
0: time. responsible for our reality because they determine what we choose to see and focus on. I mean, isn't it funny how constantly positive and optimistic people seem to have all the luck in the world while the worst things just keep happening to negative and pessimistic people? Well, you know, we both know. Guess what? It's not coincidence. Nope. We choose on like a daily basis how we want to see the world, which means our reality and our confidence are entirely dependent on our words and our thoughts. If you choose negative and miserable words and to be a miserable cow for the rest of the week (laughs) and miserable thoughts, then guess what? Your mind will seek out all the negative and miserable things to reinforce your belief that life is negative and miserable. Yep, and that's we've why met people all, like that. Yeah, right? yeah
1: that's <laughs> why these people, you know, I, I, you know which line kills me? The it's just my luck.
0: Oh I you know. know, when someone
1: something terrible happens to them, they go, It's just my luck. And it's like, well, you never notice the good luck things that happen mm. to you. They just tend to focus on the negative because that's where their thoughts and their words are at. So they will never see opportunities. They will only ever pick up on the negative things
0: that's absolutely yeah and because if you choose positive and optimistic words and thoughts Mm -hmm. then that is what you'll get and it really is that simple yeah your thoughts and words are really powerful so if you continue to tell yourself that you don't know what you're doing that other people are better than you that you don't deserve to be there or that you hate your job then that will become your reality because you will seek out every opportunity to prove those thoughts right. That's what our brains do. That's what our brains do. Yep. This is how it works. Instead, why don't you try telling yourself that you do belong, that you are a savvy career woman, that you are confident in your abilities and that the world really does need what you have to offer. And believe me, if you say it to yourself often enough, you will start to believe it and it will become your reality. That's the most important bit. It will become your reality. I mean, why choose negative and inspiring thoughts to fill your head with if they're not going to help you achieve what it is you, that you want? It's common sense, right? Yeah. It's common sense that if you want a positive and happy life, then you have no choice, no choice at all, none. <laughs> it's just not an option. It's not an option. You have no choice but to think positive and happy thoughts and project those thoughts as positive and happy words. Yeah. Yeah. So yes, you must be really, really careful about the thoughts you are thinking, but the first step is to also check in on the words you are using. I must tell you a story. I worked with a client last year who was trying to move up the corporate ladder and she was in the process of applying for, you know, a range of different jobs when they were coming up. She was already quite senior, but she was really ready to take her career to the next level. So she put herself out there and she started really sending out her CV and started applying for these sort of high-end jobs. And then, as the game would have it, the rejection letters started to come through, right?
1: Yeah. Because it that's when the you game. put yourself out there.
0: That's right. Yeah. You want to play tennis, you need a tennis racket. You're going to play the game of climbing the corporate ladder, you're going to get a few rejection letters. Yeah. The rejection letter started coming through. But every time she received one of these, she felt like it was a real kick in the teeth and it started to completely undermine her confidence. And then, you know what, one day I was like listening to this word. She kept using this word rejection. I thought, and I said to her, we're going to have to reframe this, right? We have to reframe what this letter's meant. Yeah. Because she was relating to the rejection letter as a rejection of her, right? So every time she said that word it brought up negative thoughts, that she'd failed or that she wasn't good enough for that job or they didn't want her or blah, blah, blah. I mean, the word rejection, there's nothing positive about that word. It's
1: horrible. (laughs) You use that word in any context in your life and it's just terrible. It's just a negative
0: word, right? So in order to turn this around, I explain that the rejection letters are part of the game. They're part of the process, right? This is the game of getting a new job. And really, it's a bit of a numbers game, right? So I don't know where this thought came from that we have to apply for the first job and we have to get it, but that's just usually not how the game's played, right? So anyway, so she was playing the game of getting a new job and rejection letters are part of that game. So if you are playing the getting the new job game, then you have to be prepared for the rules of this game. And one of the rules is to receive rejection letters. Fair enough. However, the word rejection brought up so many negative thoughts and feelings that it was impossible for her to say that she received one without feeling good about it, right? Yeah. You could see it in her face. As soon as she came onto the session and she was talking about these reject. you could just see. It, it, she it felt was, rejected. Yeah, depleted, right? Because that's what she was telling us. So yeah. we changed the word. We changed the words rejection letter to uh, thank you, but you're overqualified for this job letter.
1: <laughs> I love it.
0: <laughs> right? And this effect, I mean, she was laughing as you've just done. Like the effect yeah. was almost instant, right? Because this is a better way to think of those letters. They're not Absolutely. rejection letters, they're thank you, you're overqualified for this job letter. Yeah. So she'd come onto the session after that and she would say, Oh, I've received, and she'd stop. And then she'd sort of have to have a little bit of a joke with herself. And she'd go, I received another thank you, but you're overqualified for this job letter. And we'd have a bit of a laugh. But the whole energy was taken yeah, out yeah. of it, right? Yeah, the absolutely. Whole, the depleting her part of it was taken out of it. Yeah. Now, whether she was overqualified for the job or not, it doesn't matter. No, but it's calling it something other than a rejection letter is definitely more empowering. And that's the point you need to make sure that your thoughts and your words are always on your side and that they're working in your favour, not against you. And I promise you, it's sometimes little tweaks like this that make all the difference. Yeah, right? One know. word, one thing, a word in a sentence can have a completely different, put a completely different spin on what you're saying. And that's what your brain hears. Your brain yeah. hears the words you say. Yeah,
1: and, and it's it's small steps, right? Like we always Absolutely. say. Absolutely, she may have changed this rejection letter to "thank you, but you're overqualified for the job." Letter. If everything else in her word world is still negative, nothing will change. But you tweak little words here and oh, there, and you catch a, yourself yeah. using negative language, and then you start to reframe your thoughts and reframe your language, everything will change. And it's just little things. Yeah. And this is definitely one of my favourite techniques. Oh, it makes such a difference. I honestly don't understand. I don't understand why people intentionally choose. And they do. People are really intentional about choosing to think and say negative things. I mean, you will literally never achieve the happiness and success you want if you continue to do this. There is no way.
0: No, I think it becomes a bit of a habit. We get caught in those sentences that everyone says like – oh, just my luck or whatever, Yeah, all these sorts of things until somebody else pulls us up on it or we really stop and have a look and go, yep. wow, that's such a limiting belief. Like that's such a negative thing to say. Yep. Can I say it in a different way that actually doesn't really undermine my confidence or belief in myself, yep. you know?
1: So consider this, your uh – Opportunity to be pulled up on this. This mm. is us pulling you <laughs> all up on this. Have a look at the yeah. words you're saying. Yes. Yeah, just keep an eye on them and and just catch yourself when you're using words that you know don't work in your favor and are undermining your confidence. Yeah. Okay, so on to our third and final confidence technique to manage imposter syndrome, which is don't compare to anyone but you. Oh, I love this one. I know. So, this one's so important, but it's also one of the trickiest techniques to master. Um, because we all know in this day and age, you know, the incessant barrage of wins and successes and achievements, especially on social media, mm. makes it almost impossible not to compare. It's really hard. Um, you know, in both our personal and our professional lives, we are constantly being bombarded with what everyone else has or what they're doing better than we are. We see it all the time. Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, you name it, it's there. You know, better cars, fancy our holidays. Higher achieving kids with all those oh awards, God, yes. more supportive partners who buy flowers and more successful businesses, you know, six figures in 20 minutes and <laughs> a better work-life balance. It's, it's just thrown at us all the time. The list oh, is endless. Uh, social media is the worst culprit when it comes to this and we all fall for it. Um, look, it's not to say that achievements and accomplishments shouldn't be recognised and congratulated. Of course, they should be. I'm very happy for my friends who buy new cars and go on holidays. I really am. But what we're talking about here is personally absorbing these posts and using them as a benchmark for our own success. Mm. That's where the danger lies. Yeah, You know, what other people are doing and achieving, it's great. And they're free to promote themselves in whatever way they like. But you must remember that that has no bearing on what you are doing or what you are achieving. I mean, we all know that everyone grows and learns at a different pace. We say this to kids all the time when they're going through school. Just as all careers develop along their own trajectory and different people experience happiness and success in their lives at different times and in different ways. And that's really great. It's what makes us all unique. So if you find someone that you admire, then learn and be inspired by their journey, but Always remember that yours will and should be very different.
0: Absolutely, for sure.
1: Yeah, and it applies in life and at work. I mean, sure, you can be inspired by the success of a competitor's business, but don't let their success be the catalyst for highlighting the challenges in your own business. Mm. Your business is different to theirs. It will run its course differently to theirs. And, you know, yes, you can celebrate your friend's post about their new car or their amazing holidays or their child's many achievements, but don't allow their happiness, achievements and success to create a benchmark for what happiness and achievement and success looks like and feels like to you.
0: Oh, my God, this is such an important point and such an important thing to remember and it will help you so much when it comes to managing imposter syndrome because imposter syndrome loves uncertainty it loves insecurity and it loves self-doubt so when you are comparing yourself to others and all these feelings pop up you're only giving imposter syndrome the fuel that it needs to thrive the reality is imposter syndrome strikes us when we are at our weakness i mean it takes our insecurities and our fears and it turns them into something tangible which is a total lack of confidence yeah and when we let imposter syndrome take over, we are stopped from doing what we really want to do. And remember, imposter syndrome hates confidence, hates it because confidence is what will beat it every time it's, it's kryptonite it is it is, which is what we like which is this is why building your confidence is the best thing you can do to manage your imposter syndrome once and for all. Yeah, you have to manage the thoughts, you have to stop comparing, you have to do all these things, but every minute you put into doing this will pay off because you will not be dealing with the imposter syndrome, debilitating thoughts over and over again. When you're in that meeting, when you're trying to apply for that new job, when you start a new job, I mean, it, it, invades all these different areas of the workplace. Absolutely. And it's quite crippling. I mean, there is a reason. I think there's like 60,000 articles on Google <laughs> about, yeah, about imposter syndrome. Like it's very prevalent. Yep. But you it's know It's actually
1: been recognized as a cognitive bias if anyone wants to look that up, oh. just like the Dunning-Kruger effect. It is yes. a cognitive bias. Your brain can't help it. Um, But there are ways to manage it. Yeah, That's why it's totally normal. It happens to so many people. It's not unusual. You're not suffering from a disease. There's nothing wrong with you. No, it's very (laughs) normal. The people who get past it are the people who recognise it and then use techniques um, to help them manage it.
0: And it's confidence techniques that you need. It's confidence because honestly, you know, as we always talk about and why we do the work we do, having a foundation of confidence is the best thing for your life. No matter what you want to do, no matter which career you're going after, no matter which business you're building, no matter which relationship you're getting into, all these things, yeah. the foundation of confidence. And when when you feel those thoughts sneaking in around imposter syndrome or I'm not good enough or I'm things, you know, maybe they're going to find out I don't know what I'm doing here, you will you need techniques to be able to deal with that straight away when it comes up. Because they will come up. They yep. they do, right? That's not, the, that's not the problem. The problem is not having techniques or skills or um, tools to use to quieten that voice yeah. when it starts.
1: There's an awareness around that because yep. in the moment it's very hard and we all know this, it's hard to build yourself up in a moment if you're not prepared, if you don't have that toolkit ready with the techniques that you need. So… Thinking about it while you're in there and while you're having those thoughts, it's not enough to start processing it then. You need to have the techniques ready. You need to know that you've got a backup plan. That's what will help you.
0: Absolutely. Okay, so that's it. Our three powerful confidence building techniques that you can start putting into action today to help you beat imposter syndrome and take your career and your life and your relationship and your anything you want to do. And your confidence to the next level. And if this episode has taught you anything, I hope it's this, that you really are enough. You deserve all the success and achievement you have worked so hard to create. So stop doubting yourself. Stop doubting that you're in the right place and just embrace the fact that you are exactly where you need to be.
1: Yeah, that's right. I mean, look, imposter syndrome, it just doesn't belong in a world where women want to be out there achieving all the amazing things they were born to do and living the life that they really want.
0: No, I know. And this is such an important topic and that is why we made it a key feature in our new Confidence for Women in the Workplace online course because we talk about even more techniques to help you conquer imposter syndrome because you know what, no matter when this comes up for you or whatever stage in life you're at, if you have the right techniques to help you manage and build your confidence, then you'll be able to beat it every time. Yeah. So that's it for us today. Thanks for listening. And please remember you can head over to risewomen.com to check out all the different ways that we can help you increase your confidence and make it your new normal. Because remember, with confidence, anything is possible. Bye-bye. Bye bye.